Good evening. You've reached the Neptune Project for all you listeners. I'm your host, Stan Peck, coming to you from my base. Far off. Maybe I'm on Neptune. Maybe I'm not. We're about to begin. The music will continue for a second, and I will be here momentarily. We're good evening from the Renaissance City, Florence, Alabama. I hope you are well blessed today. I hope Jesus is first in your life. It's Father's Day, June 21st, 2020. I hope you're living the life of a Christian. I hope you're experiencing living rebirth, not just stop-and-go Christianity. All right, we're beginning today. I want to say, first of all, I want to make this clear. I am not against any religion or church or denomination. I'm only encouraging Berean faith here on planet Neptune and the Neptune Project. Act 17 stuff, really. I'm not encouraging through my broadcast issue-oriented arguments. I will say, though, that I do think issues do play some role in discerning, if possibly well. Maybe they help us think, well, why are we doing the things we do in our churches? Maybe they help us look at traditions and practices and say, well, you know, we do things day in and day out. Maybe we never take a look at what routines are really going on, what traditions, unless possibly we're challenged. For example, here's an example for you. We go to church and listen to a preacher from the pulpit, right? And that's pulpit preaching that started, pulpit preaching started about 15th century A.D. That's a long time ago. Oh my goodness, what did the church do before then, before pulpits and preaching? So you see, we have actually looked, we actually have to look at what we practice and why we practice it. Here's another example. When did praying the Lord Jesus into your heart originate? Or that's called the sinner's prayer, of course. Well, okay. Actually, it didn't become widely practiced. Until the 20th, beginning of the 20th century, my goodness. What were Christians doing before the 20th? Were there Christians before the 20th century? Without the sinner's prayer, that is. Now, we in the churches of Christ baptized for the remission of sins. And other denominations will say about this from their pulpits. I've, I've been there. I've heard them say frequently, baptism does not save you. Where did that come about? Who said baptism does not save you? Okay, and I'm chuckling here. I'll counter this. Who said it does save you? And I recognize here that Jesus is our Savior. I think that's the real argument. People look or think churches of Christ aren't somehow allowing Christ to be their Savior, but just putting people underwater. Now, now, now. This is the truth, folks. I promise, I promise. Here's an example that I had. In my life, that was sort of sort of humorous, actually, but sort of scary, too, really. I saw, and this is the truth, I witnessed some Satanists baptizing one another one time. Now, I'm not sure who they were baptizing in the name of, but they were, believe me. Now, in other words, I don't think their baptisms counted for much either, to be honest with you. Now, we're going to discuss baptism at some other point. 
But you know, the folks are out there, the people are out there that don't believe this is true. There are people that believe Church of Christ people aren't even saved because we don't believe in Christ, right? We believe in our baptistries. Now, I chuckle a little here. I'm not a theologian, and I'm not going to argue about baptism. We in the churches of Christ need to think more seriously about converting people to Jesus rather than getting them into the baptistry, into the water. And I want to say this. I'd much rather be a disciple of Christ who wasn't baptized rather than someone who just attends church three times a week and doesn't practice anything, anything whatsoever about the faith. And I'm going to repeat that again. I'd much rather be a disciple of Christ who wasn't baptized rather than someone who just attends church three times a week and doesn't practice anything, anything whatsoever about the faith. In other words, I'd rather be a disciple rather than someone who doesn't even believe. Okay, time to switch gears here. I want to clarify, clarify some things in this broadcast about myself and about the Neptune Project I represent. Because we're getting there, folks. We're getting there. I really want to address more, really, about what the Neptune Project and my attempts to address a wider audience actually are. Now, it could be that so far, since I've addressed a couple of issues that are basically relevant to some uh, extent and growing as a, quote, Christian slash disciple that you, you may have thought with some of the stuff I've said. In other words, this guy really is addressing things that are impertinent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I agree with you there. I'm, but I want to say here, I've, I've addressed some issues and stuff in the prior broadcasts. But I am a much deeper person than that. I wasn't newly converted, and I'm not someone that just discovered some truths about the church, and I'm overly arrogant. This whole thing here is a process to develop my podcast, and we're just in the birth of this production. I'm halfway now. I'm halfway flying my, my, my seat in my pants, but you never know where this can lead when the Lord is in it. Or is he? Is he in it? It says in Acts. This is in there, folks. This is in Acts. Read this. Uh, it was said in Acts, leave them alone. If this is from God, it will not fail. Otherwise, it will. It says something like that in Acts. Not exactly the way I worded it, but it says basically that if something is from God, it will not fail. I'm creating here. I'm working, and it's going to evolve into something my listeners need to hear. And, you know, I've addressed, I've addressed the Church of Christ a couple of times, and I didn't say this. But I spent seven years in the Pentecostal slash charismatic faith in my 20s. I'm familiar with such terms as the Azuzu Street Revival, and I'm familiar with miracles and healings. I definitely believe in Christ's full functioning in the church, and I realized at least where I was attending that people were waiting for the power of God to fall on their churches. I think I've even been in a few where the, where I, where, uh, the power of God did fall. Yes, definitely. Now, I can say this. This is true. I believe that I've been in some churches where the power of God did fall. And I've met the Holy Spirit in my faith in a personal encounter, much like what is suggested in the charismatic churches. I'm familiar with being spirit-filled and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues and things like that. And yeah, I can claim some similar experiences in my even though I won't elaborate on this because I'm not trying to offend anyone here. And we'll talk more about some of that later, too. Church of Christ, people, I'm just using that flippantly, but the Church of Christ, please don't be alarmed by those words. We are just beginning in our churches to utilize the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, really, many in the mainstream churches of Christ only believe the Holy Spirit works through the Bible. And I'm not here to offend you either. We're going to work through this in our podcast. I'm also familiar with the ICOC, or the International Churches of Christ, the result of a strong move of God back in the 70s. And I'm not an expert on them. I'm not an active member. But I was an avid con- I was an avid conference visitor at several of their conferences and attended the Nashville Church of Christ, the Atlanta Church of Christ, and the Boston Church of Christ on several occasions, often being housed overnight with brothers there. But we in the Churches of Christ are not all that familiar with the ICOC. Many years ago, we even considered them a cult, so I'm not going to offend you by preaching for or against them. We will discuss these issues in podcasts. Um, I want to say, or I don't want to say also, I want to say this about my podcast. Don't be alarmed by my radio type voice. Uh, In real life, you know, in my uh, uh, career, I'm actually more soft-spoken. I'm a counselor. I'm an associate licensed counselor. Uh, My undergraduate degree, however, was in communication, which I gained uh, valuable experience in radio, television, film. Some of that from a very incredible professor named Dr. Avon Foote. So I revert to my undergraduate degree rather than my master's degree here on the Neptune Project. So I'm sorry if the way I sound has offended you or people that know me personally wonder, wow, what is he doing on the air talking like this? Okay, your next, my next qu- your next question may be, we're almost, we're wrapping up. Your next question may be, what gives me the right to create a broadcast and sub- a, a, a podcast? And say things that really I think you that you know you may or may not need to hear. What gives him the right to say things that he's saying that possibly could offend people, possibly in the churches of Christ, possibly other churches? And what is he really doing? Why 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 is he saying the things that he's saying? And I want to tell you, my friend, there's a word for this. It's called freedom in Christ. Here's what the Bible has to say about that. Luke 4.18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to free those who are oppressed. John 8.32 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. John 8.36 says, So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. In Acts 13.38-39, it says, and through him, everyone who believes is freed from all things. And finally, in Galatians 5, 1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. And the last one, I want to give you one more now. This is Acts, This is Second uh, Corinthians 3, 17. This is the one I, I really like. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Is this freedom to walk all over you? No, 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 it's not. But if you want to hear something different, then you have the freedom these days with technology to listen to a podcast of your choosing. I am just one voice, and I'm here for you if you want to listen. I want to repeat that. I'm just one voice, but I am here for you if you want to listen. All right, so I'm trying to keep my podcast short and sweet. You're not the last very long. I'm looking at 10 to 15 minutes each one for right now. I will have another another one hopefully later this week, and we'll continue our discussion. Until then, live faithfully. 
Hope abundantly, give grace to all men, and please be looking up. Thank you.